I'm Tierra Bonisi. Welcome to Big Mouth Woman. Big Mouth Woman is a podcast and a platform for women to talk they shit. Okay, I don't know how to say it in a better way. A big Mouth Woman is a change maker, is an advocate who uplifts her voice to edify, to challenge, to disrupt, to educate. There are so many Big Mouth Women through history that I, like, I stand on their shoulders. We stand on their shoulders. It's the Ella Bakers. It's the Maya Angelou's, the Ida B. Wells, those women, Sojourner Truth, those women were our historical big mouth women. Like literally nothing moves without a woman being able to use her voice to disrupt and without a woman being able to take it the distance. It's one thing just to talk that talk, but you gotta walk that walk to, to back up what you have to say. And that is the essence, okay? That is the spirit of being a big mouth woman. I have the pleasure of introducing to you some of my favorite big mouth women that I know personally, who I would allow to speak on my behalf any day, no matter what they say. And we don't even have to agree. I just trust their voices that much. And so this is a space for women to have discourse, to talk about the things that are important to us, um, that are important to us right now in this season, regardless if we agree or disagree. I don't really believe in being politically correct, although I think there's some strategy in that that I could utilize more, but I really wanna hear what you have to say and what they have to say, regardless if it's perfect, if it's cute, if the words are correct, so that we can grow together and challenge each other and really be the change makers. I know that we are and that I know we can be. So welcome to the Big Mouth Woman Podcast. Big Mouth Woman, and I'm going to have you guys um, say your names and what you do. It don't have to be like, it don't have to be the dry version of what you do. It could be any version, however you want to answer the question. Um, so we will start on this end and just work our way around. Hello, my name is Vanilla St. Charles. You call me Zen. Uh, I am a Entrepreneur, a world traveler, and a CSEC abolitionist. Mm-hmm. Ashay. Ashay. Hello, I'm Julia. A lot of people know me by Julia Boya. Um, I'd like to call myself a revolutionary. Um, I am helping my people remember the ways of our ancestors mm. in every way. Ashay. I love that. I'm Jewel Bijou. Um, I'm a wellness practitioner, and I enjoy spending a lot of time centering myself and what I look like. I'm like a student, a black, a really, really black student of Frida Kahlo. I love her. Oh, I love that. (laughs) That is my girl, okay. Uh, I said said my name, I'm Tiara. Um, I just took on Bonisi, that's my father's last name. And it empowers me and it makes me um, feel good. Um, I'm a writer. Um, 
a curator of women's things, black girl things, black self-esteem, um, empowerment, and I'm a part of the sisterhood and like the global girl gang. And I feel like people will ask like, what do you identify first, black as a, or as a woman? And I think I identify as a woman first, most days of the week, and I'm okay with that. So yeah. I'm Naisha, also known as Blackberry Nye. Um, what don't I do? I blossom, I butterfly, <laughs> you know, uh, butterfly, but I am Legends Mama, mm. number one, and Olivia's daughter, number mm. two. I'm Pawpaw's princess. Um, I love my TTs, love my aunties, so I'm a family member. I'm a sister, a community member. Um, I am a life coach for youth and young girls. I am a self-esteem advocate, a black esteem mentor, mm. and um, I'm beautiful. Mm -hmm. Okay, you are. The melanin is popping. How you doing? My name is Selena Wilson, and I think of myself as a village auntie, growing into a village mother, um, as well as a status quo disruptor. So for me, what that looks like is running the East Oakland Youth Development Center, which is the village that raised me. When people think of me, they think of deep East Oakland. That is just really a part of the fabric of who I am. That's dope. Grew up, really raised by East Oakland, and, you know, find that to be a really important part of who I am and what I'm dedicated to. And in terms of being just a status quo disruptor, I just feel like we have to question why and how things are the way that they are. And we know that living in the society, that it all boils down to power hoarding among a very mm -hmm. small group of people, which when we talk about black women, uh, we are at the very bottom of mm -hmm of the kind of uh, hierarchy that has been created in this society. And so mm -hmm. when I think about what it looks like to ultimately disrupt the status quo, it looks like turning a lot of that on its head. Mm -hmm. And I know uh, Angela Davis talked about how when we increase the power of black women, mm -hmm. that nearly every other area of society mm -hmm. other than those in power benefits. Facts. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when we think about patriarchy, when we think about capitalism, when we think about all these other elements that have been truly, truly, truly oppressive to the most marginalized people, black women are squarely at the intersection of, of yep. <clears throat> So that that is a little bit about me and what I do. Oh, y'all are so good. <laughs> My name is Dari Ovige. I go by Dari or Coach Dari. I am an educator. I've done almost everything you can do in the school. Um, I'm also an entrepreneur. And I just love building community. Like, that is my specialty, is listening to people and helping folks apply things. Mm -hmm. I'm just that girl that can get in and do all the things that you need done. Mm -hmm. We need those girls. <laughs> yeah, we need those girls. So I'm starting to feel like a feminist superhero. I have big mouth women to support women in uplifting their voices as change makers. And I have deaf to fuck boys to guide women through the process of gaining their self-esteem back after dealing with toxic love relationships and being able to come out on the other side as victors who understand what a healthy relationship looks like and that they're in the choosing seat to be able to attract that, find that, want that, demand that. If you know someone that is navigating 
F-boys, toxic relationships, always in the same cycle with men or women, always, always defeated by relationships, then this is a course for them. Go ahead and give your friend, your bestie, your whoever with this course so that we can support them and be in their accountability partner and help them through the journey of getting to a healthier place where they know how to identify what they don't want and they know how to advocate for what they do want. If you know someone like that, go ahead and click the link and grab the Deaf to F Boys e-course. This is for them. So I wanna start with something that feels good. Um, what is one thing that you've done as of late, maybe in the past year at least, that you feel really good about and you're like, damn, I did that. And it could be in any sector like of your life. It could be work, it could be interpersonal, spiritual, whatever you want it to be. And we can popcorn. I am uh, so grateful for good health. Mm. And I got, I had experienced COVID last year in mm. May and I was so exhausted after and I felt like a failure through the process because I felt like I don't have enough tools to save my life mm. and that didn't make sense to me as a wellness practitioner but it was like one of those things where you're and you're like you're living a human experience mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying you're in a physical body and that has to be tended to so on June 1st my birthday month I start I like committed to working out so I went from like two days a week to three days a week now I do like five six days a week what you look at slim back over here girl. <laughs> I got a muscle <laughs> and I'm like oh my god I, I can't believe even on days where I'm like I don't feel like it my body is still responding and still needing it mm. so even if my mind is like oh you're tired there's like all these things my body's like your bowels have to move there's like things that get me up mm. and where I'm like oh well, I have to respond to this moment mm. um, so I've just been like so 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 incredibly grateful for good health and like having my life and being able to access more tools to save my life and not in like response to crisis but mm. as like a way of living so I like take certain vitamins and I, once I figured out, like, I could learn how to shape shift my body mm -hmm. just by starting my day with honoring myself, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I can do the same thing with my skin. Mm -hmm. I had, like, really bad acne. And then I was like, oh, I can do the same thing with this. So I just started really taking what I learned with sculpting and, like, how I'm, like, sculpting my body. Took that same perspective with other things. Mm -hmm. So I'm just so grateful for good health. I shame. I yeah, that was okay. I just want to say that you look the fuck good. And I seen you do it. When you was like, I get up at five something and I go on my walks in the gym, I said, can I be like you? I don't get up and walk nowhere but to the bathroom and the kitchen. <laughs> um, but I'll be quiet. Well, talking about health. Oh, mine actually health related too. Um, I had a lot of, I thought about a lot of my like business stuff, but this past Monday I ran 10 miles. Mm. Yeah. 
I'm training for a half marathon, and I I had some moments honestly where I was I didn't think I was gonna be able to do it. Mm. Um, I did one in 2020, and COVID actually messed it up. So I actually had to run it by myself and track it on an app to get my medal because mm. COVID hit two weeks before the marathon was supposed to happen. Mm. So it was just like you know I was disappointed in everything, but. A lot, my life was just completely different three years ago than it is now. Mm-hmm. And um, just a lot of things have changed. Not only am I older, but also just like just like new health things that I've gone through. And yeah, it's just been three. It's Those three years have been more like six. And so when I was coming back to it, I was just like, I don't really know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I finished the 10 miles, I was like, well, if I can do 10, I can do 13. But that was like a pivotal moment of me, like knowing that I could do it because mm-hmm. up until that point, I was actually like questioning if I was actually gonna be able to complete it. So mm-hmm. that was something where I was, at the end, I was like, you did that. You got it. That's awesome. Her um, run is next weekend oh. and we're gonna be waiting at the end uh, at Snow Park yeah. when it ends to, Say, yeah, you did that. Don't need an info. Okay. Yes, yes. I will, I'll send it to you. That's awesome. So we got health. We have a lot of health. That's important. To, we black women, so we look like we're in our 20s. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not. Anyways. <laughs> you say that. I just turned uh, 38. Mm. And I Are you? Are you the oldest? I think you're the oldest. Oh, I am the baby elder among you. <laughs> Baby elder. <laughs> Baby elder. <laughs> but yeah, I made a post because I was, you know, I made a birthday fundraiser post mm-hmm. and uh, I posted the link on LinkedIn and I didn't realize it would default to my Facebook page, uh, Facebook profile picture. Okay. I'm like, oh, you know, for my birthday, help me raise funds for, the, you know, my center and all this kind of stuff. And uh, one of the people was like, 38 where? And I was like, in my knees. <laughs> In my knees. In my knees. <laughs> so, That's where it's at. Yes, the, the, the skin can look fresh. The, the All that can look good, but you got to keep moving because if you don't... Yeah, you it'll be rickety. No, that's real. So I, I genuinely thank y'all for bringing that up because that's something that has been really in my spirit lately that I need to get back to taking care of my body same, because I same. have been abusing it mm. uh, for the sake of that, which I am proud of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I understand it's not sustainable. But that being said, what I am proud of is uh, last year, a little over a year ago, I stepped into the role I'm in now as the CEO of EOYDC. And, <laughs> you know, I grew up there. So I literally started there when I was four years old. Yeah. In West African dance class. And did all kind of that. He was a center baby. I was literally <laughs> one of the center babies, literally, mm-hmm. um, in so many different ways. And so uh, to become the first alumni mm-hmm. that's able to serve as CEO, uh, something, thank you, that I'm really proud of. And, you know, I'm also really just proud of the fact that um, <clears throat> a lot of times people perceive in nonprofits that the neighborhood kids, you can aspire to grow up to become like maybe a line staff, perhaps a manager. Yeah. But, to be able to be in like one of these senior positions. Yeah. A lot of times when you go to mix and mingle, it's 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 not thought of that the kids in the neighborhood could actually run it. I love that. Right. Love that. And um that's changing now. And yeah. it's not just me, but there's this like shift of yeah. of power in a real way. And I remember before yeah. the pandemic I did a fellowship which was designed for, you know, leaders of public sector and nonprofit organizations under 40. And I remember we were doing a session on power dynamics and I was like, well, you know, 
as somebody who doesn't have a lot of power, and then somebody interrupts me, like, wait, but aren't you the vice president of your organization? And I was like, hmm, I got some power. I have power. <laughs> Suddenly, positional power, but for so long, I carry that feeling of feeling powerless. Yeah. And so I always remind myself and others of that quote from Alice Walker mm-hmm. that the quickest way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I'm very proud mm-hmm. of is that I have been really diligent about trying to use every bit of positional power that I have mm-hmm. to really do things the way I think that they should be done um, and really just policy-wise changing things within the scope of our organization because I feel like it's the right thing to do. It mm-hmm. might not be what most people are doing, but I think it's the right thing to do. So mm-hmm. you talk about underpaying people and all this kind of stuff, questioning all those kind of things and doing so in a way that I'm bringing it to the attention of our funders. And I'm mm-hmm. telling funders very straight up, we don't want to work with people who have a mindset of charity. We mm-hmm. want to work with funders who have a mindset of solidarity. Mm-hmm. So you got if you want me to underpay my staff, mm-hmm. no thank you. Mm-hmm. If you don't want me to give benefits to my part-time staff, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, you know, so forth and so on. If, if you expect us to have this like low overhead because you don't think that the people that work here matter, mm-hmm. when over 50% of the people who work here are alumni mm-hmm. and 100% of the people are black, brown, and Asian, yeah. we're not going to work with you, period. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we have not lost any meaningful relationships in being mm-hmm. radically, mm-hmm. you know, candid about our commitment to our people. And mm-hmm. so, that is how what I'm proud of is that I'm recognizing my power and I'm using my power. Mm, I love that. <laughs> it's it's a lot of people that just I don't know, they know how to say all the big words in the rooms online and when it comes down to debate, but it's like if it doesn't permeate like do do your work and do your home life, then you're not really about that. Not that we should be perfect, but it's a lot of people are got big mouths, but they don't be backing shit up. And I respect, I respect that you do. I really, really do. Okay, I'm sure about you. Yes. Um, we on the topic of power. Mm-hmm. I feel like I reclaimed my power by leaving my relationship. Mm-hmm. I shame. Listen, uh, <laughs> you know, the hardest thing that I've had to do Amen. in a really long time mm-hmm. is to look at my husband and say, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And really stand on that shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you be, you be trying to stand like, uh, uh, <laughs> really on it like that. Um, mm, that part. The that part. That I've been able to do. It's been a year. Like, it's been a year. Here now. This month making. Right, right. <laughs> yes. and, and I'm and I'm I'm not hugging her because she left a man. I'm hugging her because because she chose to do that. And she's still behind what she chose to do for herself. I share. And that's really what it was, is that I chose me. Mm-hmm. And spent the time to, like, get to know me. And, you know, because in babies, you know, they, why daddy can't? Listen, y'all gonna figure it out. Oh, my daddy. God. <laughs> Ask me the question if you want the answer. Yeah. You might not want this answer, so. Go eat, go watch TV. For me to, like, be able to do that and be at peace with it mm-hmm. and say fuck you to all the people who tried to make me feel guilty for it. Uh... You're leaving a good black man. You've been together for so long. You can get him there. I will not bash that man. You can't pay me to bash that man. He needs something. We still, that is still my community, right? But yeah, needs to be in that relationship. I love that. I say, yeah. I Bless you. But you know, you're not. Yes. Exactly. And you look good, girl. <laughs> exactly. Glowing. 
you got to be really um, like emotionally sound to not be petty during a divorce. <laughs> like people become so ugly through a regular breakup. Mm. And, you know, add divorce and years and paperwork and shit to it. Yeah. People become so petty and ugly. So I just feel like you're a class act to not be petty and to be heard at the same time. Mm. To still recognize this is a this is a human being I've been loving. This is the father of my children. I still want him to do see see him do well. Yeah. But he gonna have to yeah. do well at his own residence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Social media logs very quickly. Um, okay. And we then removed all the people who didn't really like us and our families. Like, mm. your brother didn't really like me, so let's move. To begin with. Right, let's just already get rid of those people. And yeah. We made a commitment that nobody was going to break that inner circle. Period. So mm. when your cousin talking shit about me or when my auntie talking about you, we're not going to allow that. Mm. Yeah. You get on my last nerve, but mm. nobody is breaking within this because we still got to raise these kids. We do. Right? We do. You know what I'm saying? And so we had to do it in a way that preserved our love for each That's a bar. I hope you guys heard that. That is a yes. bar that is hard to do. Yes. Love. That's, That's awesome. Family, you're just not together romantically. Yeah. You do still have children together, so you're gonna still continue to be family. Yeah. yeah. You know how we we're talking about the word partner. Mm -hmm. I love the word you used was community. Right? Yeah. You talked about still connecting and sustaining the community. Yeah. With your ex is still in your family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially if it's the father of your children. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, um. The last two years have been a whirlwind for me, and I just feel like I'm winning all over the place. <laughs> I win, 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 no matter what. That was like a DJ Khaled way that you kind of slipped it up in there. Um, you know, I brought my family and we relocated from the East Coast to the West Coast. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, my partner, he knows people. Um, like he's not as big on community as I am. So mm -hmm. I have been intentional about putting myself out there mm -hmm. to people of substance. Mm -hmm. um, I've been very discerning, um, which I'm proud of. And then I'm just silently crushing my goals mm -hmm. one by one by one by one by one. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way you put <laughs> the way you the way you the way you calm, humble brag. <laughs> I want to learn how to do that. I'm so terrible at bragging on myself because I don't want it to feel, I don't want it to feel like, ew. I want it to feel like, yeah, matter of fact, I'm going to do it like Joya. Okay, I learned the lesson. I'm over the place. I love it. I eat breakfast and I'm winning. Like, I love that. Amazing women. So, mm -hmm. Thank y'all for holding space. This is the shit to me. I'm going to give mine to motherhood. Mm -hmm. you no, know, put that on the table because I'm fairly new at it. I have mm -hmm. a three year old. Um, so I'm still a rookie in the mama gang. You know? <laughs> Talking to my own mother, who's eldest is 33 mm. like, you got 33 years up in this okay now that's why you're doing that like that versus when you know i remember when you're doing it like that you know <laughs> um my mom was a teenage mother mm -hmm. and i'm a comedian i'm stepping into that so that's even a new thing like checking on my like okay i'm affirming things i've been afraid to see in myself or mm. like that big mouth right mm. she gonna crack a joke <laughs> and so one of my running jokes with my mom and her being a teenage parent like she'll tell backstories and I'll be like oh I know I was there 
right? Like, <laughs> I remember when you did that. Like, she's like, you know, I didn't go to prom. I was like, I know. She's like, the fuck you know. You know, my mom, her comedy too. It's, it's we both we border we border line. Like, are we really all laughing at that? I was there. <laughs> of course you didn't go. Taking that into now I'm mama mm. has been my win. Mm. I have a son who is autistic. So along with stepping into motherhood, I'm stepping into a dynamic of serving a child is tough, period. And then serving a child where there are complexities and uh, intricate layers Mm. is the scurriest shit of a fucking couple. And I'm winning. Mm. God prepared me for it. Luckily, God is so magical. Whatever we call the energy, Mm. right, of Mm. God. Um, Because I was blessed to be a behavioral therapist. Mm. For two years before my son ever existed in my mm. my mind, mm-hmm. and um, so I got to walk through a valley and observe a, an existence that you don't often like. You look into the special needs class, and you're like, okay, that's what this is in the world. But when you walk through that world. Mm-hmm. When you walk through the world of a black woman, when you walk through the world of a person with one leg, when you walk through the mm-hmm. world of people that are deaf, you see like there's so many different lenses. Mm-hmm. And God put this lens. And I remember when I got the job, like leaving out the office, like being that connected and grateful with this experience. Like, what are you trying to teach me? Mm-hmm. Wow, I feel so humbled to be able to be the person that's going to make sure somebody baby is safe and prepared and has a good, it's safe mostly too. Cause that's the thing. Like, don't, you know, it's my baby. Yeah. So ethically you want God's people mm-hmm. over your children. Absolutely. Yeah. And you especially want the ones that can't fight for themselves to be protected. So I have this baby who is challenging and expanding so much of what I understand about existing and he is talking and he is thinking he is reading he is sign language <laughs> and he is reading and he is gorgeous mm-hmm. and he is so fun <laughs> and just mine mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm not through the fear y'all but like it's been a tunnel mm-hmm. and now I'm at this place where I can see the light Mm. And where I could look back and see light. And I'm so fucking proud. So mm. that's been my win of all wins. My baby legend. You are such a good mommy too. You really, really are. <clears throat> that's so dope. I will just mm-hmm. say, uh, you know, I've talked about disrupting the status quo. And I've been saying for a while, I actually think it's the people who we call neurodivergent mm. that are, are going to save the world. Mm. Because, uh, I, you know, we work with these kids and they just think, so far outside of the box. Mm. Um, and when we think, see a lot of the climate disruption mm-hmm. and all these things happening, it's a, being led by a lot of young people that are on the spectrum. Yeah. So I kind of almost feel like, to your point of God energy, it's, it's almost like an, an evolution mm. of like a group of children that are needed <laughs> who don't think in the typical ways mm-hmm. because the typical ways are not going to be what 
makes the shifts that we need. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of feel like it's it's a, it's a divine kind of thing. And that's not to say that neurotypical children and folks that we don't have our place either, but I don't, I think that there's- Neurotypical. That tickled me, I like that. There is, a, I think that that's not, I don't think there's, that's a mistake. You know, I don't want to speak out of the turn, out of turn because I'm not a part of the autistic community, but I do think like there's a, a type of problem solving mm-hmm. that a lot of folks in that community engage in that I think is, is necessary. Okay. Absolutely. You know, I love. I love all those. (laughs) I love all those high moments, Um, and I think in all those categories, in motherhood and health, and like, I I can't even call what you do a job. It's not really a job. It's like a calling. Um, And then even you know, leaving someone that you love. All of those things are rough, Mm. hard to do. Knocking out your goals in silence. I don't know how to be silent about shit. Um, <laughs> and Jewel said this last time that there's a power in silence, and so I'm lear- learning to balance. Um, but for me, something I accomplished last year was crushing some goals, but crushing goals through grief, mm. like mm. like life changing, life shattering grief. And I feel like. I feel like it's alchemy when you do that. Not when you like, not when you like dive into your work so much so you can avoid the grief because we do that. It's part of our coping. And I don't think it's the most terrible way to cope. We could do cocaine. We're working. (laughs) (laughs) We're working instead. (laughs) Um, So I don't think it's the most terrible way to cope, but using, utilizing my grief like as alchemy to do things that I want to do with my life, knowing, knowing that I could die. Like the fatality of, I could be here with you guys today and gone tomorrow. So what do I want to do with my life? What would make me proud? You know, what would make, you know, my ancestors proud? And cause really y'all, when people are going through grief, you could really just be in bed, you know. Yeah. I could I could just lay right here, and you could really um, tunnel focus on the grief and ignore other people around you who are still living that you love you that you would be distraught if they weren't here, but you can't focus on them because you're stuck in the grief. Yeah. Um, and I definitely had those moments, um, and the supportive network, you know, of my sisterhood, of um, my husband, my children being understanding, um, my mom, my my parent that's still like here in the flesh. Um, I did some things that I was proud of through it. And I didn't have to. And and if anybody felt any kind of way about it, I just feel like you gotta give grief the course it's going to take. Like, I don't have to perform. I don't have to be excellent. I don't have to be black excellent. I don't got to be a boss bitch. I don't got to be none of this fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just have to, I just have to stay, I just have to stay sane yeah. and not saying like crazy, but saying like my spirit is not knowing how to tether back to mm. the nine to five, back to my fiduciary responsibilities back because my spirit is conflicted. Mm. Um, but I still aspire to be excellent, Mm. to love on the people that are in my life, 
and to accomplish goals that I feel like are a part of my legacy. Um, but I realized through any of it, like, maybe I just want to be a regular ass bitch. Maybe I just want to go to work and go to brunch on Sunday. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> maybe I don't have to be extraordinary. Like, every nigga feel like they got to be extraordinary. Like, can you just be a good person? Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, getting, smashing some goals, some things that made me proud through through grief is the thing that I'm proud of the most. Ashe. 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 I always want to add to that, though, mm-hmm. because our tier is nobility. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, when you know, because no, you don't have to do that. Yeah. And yet you are his daughter. Yeah. And when you are spiritually noble, mm-hmm. you have your ancestors. It's like when they say, they say the last name, like, but the Johnsons, we are we strong people. Yeah. You know, and as his daughter... You rise from the ashes like the phoenix. Mm. It's just in your blood. Mm, and so you your move through grief with grace mm. is astounding. But for me, even being exposed mostly to your father's soul, not to him in the flesh, mm. I'm not surprised. Mm. I'm just like, get this goat princess of of course thank you you know you are his princess thank you what y'all do absolutely thank you and i hope and we're talking about my father but i hope when i pass that my children feel like free to be themselves Mm -hmm. but i also hope that because you know kids act right when they respect you they act right or they fear you they act right when you're in the room it's when your kids are not in the room you're like are they still gonna have manners are they still gonna exert intelligence when i'm not in the room or grace or humanity when i'm not in a space and i feel like beholden to act right when my father is not in my presence act right what it means to me because he already knew i was act up (laughs) but but act right at the fundamental level there's a lot of pressure on me to do that i feel inner pressure that i put on myself um, but mo- mostly to uphold a legacy, not uphold like to you know perfectionism. Sure. Uh, this is an opportunity for us to have discourse and talk about what's really burning and what we really have difficulties with. And so I merge Big Mouth Woman and Deaf to Fuck Boys. There will be a Deaf to F Boys segment, so we can really get to the nitty gritty on relationship dynamics what it means to be in a healthy relationship, what toxic relationships look like. And so look out for the Death to F-Boy segment.